This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. My name is Blake Howard, your host, as always, and there are some minutes in Heat that deserve not only one, but two and multiple amazing film minds. Today I am joined by two of my dear friends for a sensational minute. The last minute you would have seen was the fallout of Roger Van Sand thinking that he could kill Neil McCauley for slighting him. What a fool he is. I'm seeing shaking heads in front of me. This is a stupid idea, Roger Van Sant, played by William Fichtner. Right now, your pause on a frame for the 53rd minute of heat with Val Kilmer, with Robert De Niro, with Tom Sizemore, and a badass truck with Danny Troyer sitting in the car at a drive-in theatre where they've just set up this exchange. And I'm joined by Cinephiles co-host and Geek Advice cohort, Stu Coot. Say hello, Stu. Hello. And... The sensational Guardian, Australia Beat reviewer, Daily Review, and Flicks.com.au, and just great author of Miller and Max, Mr. Luke Buckmaster. Say hello, sir. Well, hello. Pleasure to be here. Gentlemen, two of three drunken madmen, as Joe Lynch calls you. It's an absolute pleasure to join you both Isn't here. Isn't that defamatory, Stu? When our, when our <laughs> can, powers can combined. That? Can I say that? So. I wasn't okay. that drunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, madman, uh, that's insulting. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> You'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> so we are... This is a great minute. This is coming up to one of the lines of the entire film. Super excited to share it with you guys. We're going to watch it, and then we're going to unpack it with these two legends, Stu and Luke. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining us on One Heat Minute again. Yeah, Roger Van Zandt. Yeah, who's this? You know what this is. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I sent a guy to deliver the package. He didn't call. Is everything right? Tell you what. Forget the money. What? Forget the money. It's a lot of money. What are you doing? What do you mean, forget the money? What am I doing? I'm talking to an empty telephone. I don't understand. Because there was a dead man on the other end of this fucking line. A great minute. An absolutely sensational minute. There is a dead man on the end of this fucking line. There Holy are a, shit. Yeah. There are a few things that concern me in this minute. Mm. <laughs> Val Kilmer is one of them. Or? Val Kilmer is one of them. Yeah, because he's, he's taken a cigarette like he tokes it right after Robert Nero said there's a dead, dead man. Here. Well, it's not only the way he does it, it's where he's doing it. That, in the kitchen. Well, he's breaching a lot of like... Health and health, safety. Health and yeah. safety. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean... I'm just going to assume that it may be a uh, an Asian themed restaurant. 
I don't want to get. I don't want to get. It's 1995. It. You could smoke anywhere in 1995. But, but I don't know if I want that necessarily. <laughs> getting like fried up in my chicken chow mein uh, out well, the back there. What's but, really interesting here is the beginning of this scene. The, the, the minute starts out, and we we've seen that these guys have brought along a fake package of money. They just brought along sort of paper, and and the very beginning of the scene is just a frustration that you know they nearly got into trouble. They're leaving a couple of dead bodies. Fortunately, it's in a drive-in which appears to be vacated and, and abandoned for a long time. So the, the they, I think what's great about Neil and his crew, they assumed. I think they assumed shit was going to go down. Well, and you see the way they prepare for the worst with the artillery that they're all carrying. Oh. They're packing. They're not. They're they're packing for trouble. And the entire crew is there. Yeah, like he's got. Treo in a truck, which is a four-seater. Yep. He's got Michael waiting with a pump-action shotgun, and he's got Kilmer in a sniper kill zone yeah, position. And they, and they get out of the car like looking like, let's just say, not average punters here. They, no. They're, they're sort of... Look at Kilmer's assault rifle. some massive rifles going on, and, and De Niro's like, it's, holding a massive thing of money. Is I'd, it money? I'd like it's to fake think money. It's the paper. Money. Yeah, that's I'd right. like to think they go on a hunting weekend the same. <laughs> When they're out it's the deer hunter. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit later on in his career. Uh, and also, like, when they're speaking in the kitchen, uh, De Niro reminded me of uh, that scene in Casino oh. where he's basically... Remember, it was like a, the chocolate chip muffins, I think? <laughs> yes. And, he's, and he insists on an apart. even portion how many of, How many chocolate chips? Yeah, oh, blueberry, yeah, yeah, The blueberry yeah. muffins. That blueberry... That's right, the blueberry <laughs> yeah. muffins. Yeah. Chocolate, and the guy's chocolate. like... Uh, do you realise how long that is going to be? He's don't like, care. I don't care. Just make it happen. Well, that'd be like the phone call he has with um, Joe Pesci when he's uh, when the Cowboys come over and upset him. And he's on the phone to him as well. Yeah, and he's trying to calm down that whole Very thing with the, 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 the renegade employee mm. guys we're like, coming for him. We're only two seconds into this minute and you've got William Fignan playing Roger Van Zandt and the great Henry Rollins just as like an offsider. Yeah. Um, and... So Henry Rollins there, and again at a time where Henry Rollins is cutting a mean physical. He's a mean physical specimen at the time. He used to be. He famously sort of pumped like a ridiculous it's so amount weird of iron. That Henry Rollins is in this movie. I mean, it's weird. Is it weird? Well, I I, I thought it was weird, weird the role that he's playing. I always thought he would have had more of a physical role in this. Mm. Like he actually would have been asserting some dominance at some stage. But this is sort of. He's a he's a fixer of, of sorts. It, it seems... He's a fixer and a bit of a lackey at the same time. His character's name's Hugh Benny, yeah. which I love the name. Hugh Benny. <laughs> Hugh Benny. It's just such a great so name. You, you, you feel like you should have a your, your mate's kid, kid brother is Hugh Benny <laughs> down the road. Not this physical yeah. specimen. But I, I think it's funny that you look at a film like this again, Luke, and Luke and I talked about it in another minute, and we've talked about it, I think, in multiple minutes across the podcast, is what great random bigger performers turn up in movies to do a tiny role. Like, yeah. Hugh Benny's not a big, yeah. significant yeah, yeah, yeah. role. And you've no, got Henry true, Rollins yeah. here just popping up. Yeah, he's in there for a half beat. Yeah, I saw him about <coughs> 10 years ago. It was about 10 years ago, uh, doing a whole Johnny Cash Folsom Prison Blues thing. Like, he did a whole Johnny Cash tribute performance really? thing in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. I digress there. I'm, I'm sorry. But I did see Henry Rollins there and he did a whole... Johnny Cash tribute concert and it was magnificent. And he's looking very Johnny Cash in this frame, exact frame, 52 minutes, 6 seconds, yeah. cutting a, a mean, uh, you know, all black physique, got a bit of the Johnny hair going. And Fickner gets a call on his main office phone. Do you care for either of the art... Or no. the three art pieces, there's the the, 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 black, chair. the black body with the, the, yeah, the head or the arms on behind Fickner now. Yeah. It's up against the wall. 
The chairs I don't care for. It's a very interesting set design in Heast. Like, generally, the, the interiors are of the upper crust. Hmm. You know, it's like a sort of Ikea on steroids <laughs> yes. sort of look. Uh, it's generally, you don't sort of get into the slums of things. It's generally no. part of that sort of sort of faux-indulgent this um, looks like Americana. a Dr. Yeah. Manhattan sort of inspired uh, and it's in the print on the wall. And it's in the personal, <laughs> you've got, um, it's in the personal spaces of like Treo's character in Amy Brenneman's character, like up in the hills, there is almost like a weird sort of hierarchical structure of like the further you're out of the city, the less sophisticated it's like he's got a class because you know Vance Ant's a businessman very opulent you know Vincent's you know head of Robert Harbison very opulent Neil Malibu rich you know he's he's he's, mm. he's used his money well from heights and then later on you go to Tarina's space it's like dog fighting yeah, yeah, using yeah. using uh, school buses as yeah. you know storage facilities and things like that and then you've got Treo as the, the house on stilts which is just a very you know modest house Amy Brenneman's house way way in the hills so I'd like yeah, to think Van really Sant interesting paid, though Van Sant paid too much for these pieces <laughs> I hope <laughs> someone def- saw him coming it, I think it, it, like, it does look like that he yeah. definitely did and what's great here is 52 minutes 8 seconds he receives a phone call and again this is what's great about this crew backing each other and complimenting one another. It's like Kilmer and what you'll later see in the minute is Madsen, Kilmer and Madsen, both in the kitchen with Neil, yep. monitoring the conversation, watching the exits, making sure no me. one's making sure no one's monitoring what they're doing. And he's calling from the kitchen phone in a restaurant. Now, how does he get into that kitchen? Is it someone they know? Is it someone they've done a job for? Or is it just a friend of a friend of a friend? I don't know. Friend? It must be a friend of a friend. I, I'm, I, that's a great, great question. Because when I look at it yeah. again, I'm like, yeah. I, I wonder how like, they got in there. Because no one see. It's again like back to the hospital at the beginning. No one sees them. No one saw them using the stuff. But it's like, like, yeah, if you look like Robert do they Nero, put a, do they you've got pu- hair like that, and you've got a, you've got a collar like that, you've got a suit like that, and nobody asks any questions. You want to grab the body pay phone or the whatever he's got that's... It's almost like outdated now. It's mm. like, you, know, you get your mobile phone. But if you want to get a phone like that and you look like Robert De Niro, mate, you could probably do that in any case. What I, what I think the the weird thing is, though, is that he's got the boys in there. So for me, it feels like they've walked in and they've just palmed a hundred bucks or something to... The major D. To the major D. Yeah. And I need to use the phone. Yeah. Because to have Kilmer and to have Madsen watching the exits... Look, I think you're 100% right. He blends into every space. That's what's so amazing about that sort of almost atypical grey suit, white shirt combo or like dark suit, white shirt combo is that he feels like he's management. He's well, management. He could, yeah, he could look like he could run the play. He looks, yeah. Looks like he could be the owner. No doubt. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. He blends into the place while also at the time looking like he could own the place. Yeah, that's that weird mix with him. It's perfect. And so he's there, they're listening to the conversation and you love, and this is what I love about both Moments where, it, and and it's actually a great sort of weird synergy of the last minute that Luke and I talked about, which is, or one of the minutes Luke and I talked about, which is when De Niro is exerting his dominance on a character with Tom Noonan, when he's sort of, he's testing Kelso. He's like, why do I want your job? You know, you are you sending me into a cowboy heist where the cops are going to turn up? And Kelso sort of answers every question with confidence and assuredness and professionalism that he kind of ends up going, oh, okay, I'm going to take that job. Like, this guy clearly knows his shit. And in this moment, he's doing the same thing, but in a much more aggressive tone with him. He's like, he's water testing Roger Van Zandt, played by William Fickner right now, going, 
Does this guy know what he's done? Is it an underling? Or is this guy actually stupid enough to have tried to cross me? And in this moment, he's like nonchalance going, Oh, is everything all right? Yeah, playing dumb. Playing playing dumb. That playing dumb is like his death sentence right now. Because he's like, oh, you know, it's all good. Well, you don't want to play dumb in a Michael Mann movie. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a great a point. Dangerous brogue, don't you reckon? Yeah, it's, a, it's a Russian roulette, as it were. With some, <laughs> there's some, a lot of bad dudes in the chamber, and you don't want to come up against them. It's a lot of bad dudes. Um, Jeez Fickner goes well between... He can play dominant quite well and steely. Yes. to quite vulnerable in this scene over the phone. It's, yeah, because I think he's... Because he's got to think in a split second about how do I play this. And right? he's not used to anyone... Coming back. That can get back to him in a physical sense. Because hmm. he's only used to pushing the numbers around on, on paper. Hmm. He never thought anything would actually blow. And he's never got his hands dirty because he's gone through Johnny, Johnny Cash, Hugh Benny, <laughs> to, uh, to and, do it. <laughs> and in 10 seconds, he's hearing someone on the other end of the phone that he thinks should be dead. Or yeah. who's pretty certain that he knows should be dead. He either knows his guys are dead. Or knows he hasn't heard from them. And he's hearing this other guy on the end of the line. And in 10 seconds, he's decided the way around this is going, is everything all right? Like, yeah. what happened with the exchange? Did everything go well? And so he's immediately go- throwing those guys under the bus. Yeah. And so that's the decision that he's making in 10 seconds. And I love here, there's a frame, like, it's in between 52.25 and 52.26 seconds where you see De Niro as Neil McCauley smile. I've got you. He you. smiles. Yes. Can we get there? I'm sorry, I, I missed that when we were looking at the minute because dinner I smiling, that's a bit weird. Well, that's, so wor- that's pause-worthy in itself. So Val Kilmer's in the background there looking a bit Val Kilmer-esque. It is. Yeah. Look, there. Stoic. Oh. No, that's not a smile. He's got his hand clearly. Oh, that's a smile. No, it's not. No. Are you saying that's a wince? So for people listening, that's 52 minutes and 26 seconds. <laughs> that's I a smile. That is, it's got I it. would say that is... Ap- no, that's not a smile. Yeah, look at that raised you, cheekbone. How can there. you possibly have a smile without even seeing somebody's mouth? <laughs> I, I, no, that's not a smile. Can we go ahead a little bit, Blake? So, let's go ahead. Yeah, it's not going to be more smiling. No. I'll show you. Wait. Sorry, guys, I don't think that's a smile. Let's not that's, conclusive for it's you. Up, it's you up for good people who are listening to this to decide. But I would say that. I feel like at that second a frame, he's like, "What? What are we doing? What are we doing?" He's saying that Macaulay's a guy that doesn't smile. Like it takes a. A lot to get him to chuckle up. Oh, I'm absolutely <laughs> definitely saying that. Like it's an Alvin, Alvin Costello rerun so yeah, to get him. So yeah, fifty-two minutes thirty-four. He's already got like it. The sort of guy no. who's just smiled. <laughs> no, I feel like he's gone. Or his version. I, of a I smile. feel like. I feel like. <laughs> well, that's so, a slightly different. So fifty-two though. minutes thirty-four seconds. Um, he's definitely not smiling. He's now in that focused intensity but I think there's a flash of when he hears and you actually start to hear William Fickner talk as Roger Van Zandt like a second before it cuts away to him so you can see his face and he's got this innocent air about him he's immediately and what's great about Fickner is he just wears lies like he wears truth in this movie there's, yeah. it's an, it's, there's no difference between the way he portrays himself li- the character lying or telling the truth or anything lie, lie, and lie, lie when you finally get caught lie again <laughs> yeah keep lying <laughs> yeah. and so there's a I, I feel like there's a flash where he's like oh this is how this son of a bitch is going to play it. he's going to pretend like his guys are the ones who did it and then as he's talking He's more insulted. So by the time we get back to 52 minutes and 34 seconds, he's like, 
you're dead. I've got you. I've, I've got, got you. you. Yeah. I know that yeah. I felt your weakness through the the receiver that you would throw your guys under the bus. Yeah, I think that's part of the magnificence of De Niro's performances yes. in that you can actually sort of accept or interpret a smile without it actually literally being, <laughs> being on the what's traditionally known as a yeah. smile. Yeah, and, I, and I, that, I see a fleck and a movement in his really eyes. That's hard to do. I mean, you have to be as we said, so controlled. This show is really all about going in. down the rabbit hole. <laughs> if the man sees a smile, it's a smile. <laughs> it's it's, just, it's a subtle little. I don't know, but if it's between the frames, if you met De Niro and he smiled at you. Would that be a good thing or a bad thing? I think if I ever met De Niro, I'd probably take this up <laughs> and go, you've done a lot of good work, but at 52, 28, <laughs> you're on the phone. Is that a smile, a wince, or is it just, are you just breathing? And I, I'm not sure. And what were you thinking when you uh, you've got- started in the intern? Yeah. <laughs> That's a separate discussion. Because no one was smiling as a result of that. <laughs> Definitely Ironically, no one was smiling, yeah. So 52 minutes, 34 seconds. What am I doing? I'm talking to an empty telephone. So, like, what a great line. And I, and I love this shot of Fig. It's like just the life is already draining out of him. He's half in the shadow. Yes. He's half in their world. He's half in his world. Yes. And he's slowly getting absorbed, absorbed cr- by the shadow. And what's shadow. great is that yeah. his shadowy figure in Hugh Benning, who's living in this world, is sort of even ever so slightly illuminated here. <laughs> and he's looking on and... His face doesn't look happy. It no. doesn't. Look, he's like, "This is serious," and he's like, "What? What? What are you doing?" And yeah, yeah. I'm talking- wasn't it Benny's idea to do this rip? Didn't he? No. Who it's, was it? it it's Van Sant. Van Sant so, said, so "Hey, guys, can we can we flip them?" So for guys following along at home, he's like, he he, he posits originally. Um, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea." And he goes, basically, he's he, make the make the he's deal. like he's like kill them. These, you know, who are these guys to rob me? And he does it. That's what I think is really interesting about the Van Zandt character because he's so, so callous and casual. Like he's not, in Neil's case, as Lucas talked about, and many people have talked about on the podcast, there's, this, there's a level of control in Neil McCauley's character played by De Niro that there's certainty and control and, 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 and intensity, but it's all very controlled. Fickner's just like, he's as callous and inhuman it's the same as anyone. Say, buy this stock. Buy this stock. Drop that. Kill these guys. Buy that other stock. Fire get me a these, coffee. Fire 100 people. Fire 100 people. Yeah. He doesn't care. And so in that moment, it's in an earlier minute. I'm sorry, I can't rattle off at this very second. But in that earlier minute when he responds to the potential mm. option um, after the conversation, he's like, no, kill them. Like, these guys took my money, da, 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 back. It just he just it's throw away it's nothing and so what's really strange is in this moment realness like yeah. there's a realness that's coming right it's now. It's the first time the hand has come back from the other side against him. Though. And when he says there's a dead man on the end of this fucking line, he just there's no I love and this is what's even cooler about this moment. Fifty two minutes forty four seconds. He doesn't slam the phone down. Well, this goes to the old Seinfeld bit. That's right. I was thinking that too. You can't, you can't slam the phone. In mobiles, you can't <laughs> slam the phone anymore because yeah. you've got to find the button to yeah. do it. But yeah. this, <laughs> he doesn't slam. because Well, he doesn't have enough room in the kitchen because it's pretty tight confines. You can't do it because he might have missed. So he's got to get the finger in there to have the last <laughs> really word. Really yeah. yeah. So he's like... Duh. No, I, th- I think the finger is precision. It's like there's a dead man on this line. I don't need to slam it. I'm well, not angry. Dead. Well, he also doesn't want to take the chance of as he's going to hang it up, Either um, either of his other two guys talking before he he wants to know we're off air. 
Yes. He would definitely know we're off, we're clean. <coughs> yeah. What I love well, about this frame is you finally see Michael too, because yeah. you've only seen Val previously. It's almost like Michael's that not even part of the scene. Like it's, no. It's sort of, but yeah, what, what you were saying, Stuart, it's like, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lost art. We're talking about a lost art, a lost <laughs> ritual, lost routine. Of hanging up. Of hanging up. You can someone. no longer slam the phone down. Oh. Yeah. Everything is just basically a hang up. So mm. you, and in a lot of time now in the world touch, of smartphones, touch, the phone call just ends, and you're like, oh, <coughs> the "Connection cut out. Was that guy just being a prick?" You know, it's like you don't know why the phone. So, but back in the old days, even a flip phone has a lot more satisfaction. You can you can snap. You slam it because yeah. nowadays you have to like conversations over. Bam! With reception, you have to call people back up and say, "Sorry, just want to confirm." Did you hang up on me or did we... <laughs> and then you go, this conversation over. <laughs> 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 and then they're calling you and back. And call back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's Bam. phone tag. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's what I like this. It's a, the, there's a venom in that of like... Oh, is, is there it? is. It's like, it's very snake-like. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to sting you. Bang. I've got a, I'm like a, a scorpion with a pincer. The phone is going to be hung up. And we're at 52 and, minutes, 44 seconds. And I love here... He presses it in, he closes it off, and as you, Stu already alluded to it, it's like the blood is rushing from Van Zant's face in most of the scene, and as it ends, that conversation ends, and he hears it, that 52 minutes, 46 seconds, it is just, he's reeling, he's, he, he's hitting a realisation now that, oh my god, I have done something terrible, and it's such a great, drowned out, beautiful scene, and, and it's only literally half of this man's face is in the frame, and he's and, and Fickner's doing such an amazing job of portraying the fear that's yeah, washing over like him. If you looked at that frame for a moment, you would never know it was a Michael Mann film. No. I mean, that's not really his bag. No. I mean, yes, Playing with he... lighting that way, you mean? Or oh, like no, this... no. Like, I think he can do the sort of... Uh, a mid or close up shot like this with uh, draping people in blackness and shadows and whatnot. But I think to get the idea that something is quintessentially a Michael Mann, you have to get that kind of concrete jungle, yes. the large yeah. S. Yes. You know, it's got to be figures juxtaposed against a sprawling metropolis. Yeah. It's like in, in, in this sort of shot we see, Far more just basically in front of a wall of yeah. black. Yeah. And, and so Spinotti here, it sort of opens up into more of that, as you talked about, that opulence, that largesse, but on a smaller scale because we're seeing it on a corporate figure and he's got that corporate suit. And but he, puts, he puts the phone down and he's just shocked. And sort of Benny's there, still draped in darkness. He's a shadowy figure, clearly. And we've got a few seconds. And when he looks, the look, 53 minutes and 44, uh, 54 seconds, rather, he's looking over and he's just like, there's an inquisition. Like, what the f- who did I just talk to? Yeah, that's not a that's not a normal person I talk to. That's no, that's a guy. That, that was the devil I just spoke to. What do I do now? Like, and and he's about to leave. It's clear that Hugh Benny is kind of his escort, his bodyguard, his fixer, as we've talked about before. We sort of get a little bit of a sense, but he's about to leave the building when he gets the phone call to begin with. But it's, what? A, and it makes such a change because as the phone call's been going, they've obviously been turning off the lights. Yes. And now his world has just plunged into dark, like all yeah. around. It's a very subtle. And so now he's looking at him and it's like, there's that great thought of how can I even leave where I am? I yeah. don't know where this guy is. I don't know where I got this phone call from. I know he's just towed up my crew. Yeah. He's potentially towed, towed up a couple. And he's, and he's annoyed. And he's pissed off. And there's just, he's, bewi- that's bewilderment. It's a great shot. And again, again, Luke, 
exactly as you said, this this frame, fifty two minutes, fifty six seconds, a couple of these scenes with Fickner, they're they're not they're not the sprawling metropolis, they're not largesse, they're not, you know, the corporate. This this is a really intimate and personal moment um uh, of you know and, and striking that yeah uh, without going on for too long i mean it's like most scenes in heat it's actually quite efficient extremely efficient I mean, it's a very sort of short scene in a very long film yes and then so the last few seconds uh, some of my favorite of the entire heat film is we see Neil and his crew acting like one big happy family. I think yeah, we've is, all... Is that a smile? That is a smile, Luke Buckmaster. Uh, yeah, so that's 53... On the nose. On the nose. nose. Um, Forensically, if we were to look at that, <laughs> I could take. we could take a slice of that like a like a uh, handwriting expert. You could put the two smiles up against each other. I think you'd see a bit of cross So I've got to say, okay... Look, I hate to be on the Don't fence. say that's a sip. <laughs> I hate to be on the fence for this, but I'm not sure that's smile. So to, to be a actual... Are we watching the same movie? <laughs> yeah, well, look at... I'm going to go to the bunker. Okay, I'm going to so go to the video rack. Okay, okay. We'll so take it back two seconds. Yet, yet again, okay, so the last time we had a discussion about whether it was a smile... Yes. Robert De Niro had a phone covering his mouth. mouth. And now he's now got a coffee he cup. a mug or a coffee cup <laughs> covering his mouth. So uh, I hate to be sort of extravagant or daring or progressive or whatever it is with my reading of what a smile is, but usually you have to see somebody's mouth, right? So Robin Nero is... So you're acquitting like, this or are you saying you have a, re- a reasonable <coughs> doubt in I'm, relation I'm to... I'm not sure. I'd, Can we I'm take sure this back two seconds just Come because yeah, the lead in yeah. No, fair enough. Okay, let's, watch how we led into lead this. Yeah. Oh, watch, no, no. look. It's... But no, unfortunately, but unfortunately, no, it's it's smile. obscured by a plant and a waiter. Yeah. Look, uh, no, look at the way quite clearly now. he's starting to two fifty eight. Yeah, yeah, he's starting to absolutely yeah. not a smile. He's, he's, he's some, leaning into it. So, that's well, no, that's, that's a smile. Look at those eyes. No, that's fifty two forty nine. That is not a smile. That, any impression smile. of? I'm sorry, that's not a smile. Oh, I think you're you're out. You're out to lunch. It's not a smile. So it's a quizzical look. And it's sort of like a fundamentally De Niro-esque expression where, look, sure, something is funny or awry or wrong, Any, but I wouldn't say it was a smile. Anyone who does an impression of De Niro starts with that. They do a, they do a wincing of the eyes and a, and a smile. That's what oh. you're doing. You can't help it. I can't. Do a De Niro yeah, and smiling. The natural, the natural pose of a De Niro is a smile, and that's going in. That's, that is De Niro. Well, the then let's... <laughs> well. He's doing De Niro. <laughs> He does the best De Niro. <laughs> no, he's, he's really he's, got he's a good got a, De Niro. He's got a coffee. Can we be fair and say he's doing a very good De Niro? He's top three. He's <laughs> definitely in the top three. He's top one three. of the best De Niro's out there. That I is think. a smile. No, I'm it's not, not a smile. It's not a smile. Um, so, what I love in the wrap up of this minute, besides this banter, is we see it's like a family. It's like a work family dinner. But, but what a jump! Look, we leave Van Sant jump. We, no, but we leave Van Sant isolated, left of screen, in his world of. Like what's coming from a phone call in a really wiry working kitchen in sort of no- white noise to the warmth of these colours is like that sort of orange it's coming through, golden orange yeah. coming through, and it's like this is one time. This is the only time we see the crew and their their family, all their girlfriends, to, all their partners together. All together, yes. Yeah. So other than the police observing them leave this restaurant, yeah. there's no scenes with them all together. There are scenes with. 
all of them uh, are often reacting. Yeah. We've got some is... reaction scenes um, later on and in the How heist. many scenes with Rob Nero smiling? Because I'm... I'm lost count. I'm I've lost count. But there might not be even one, gentlemen. No, there is. There's, there's, there's a, two there's at least. Don't, don't there's, say this scene. There's two. There's two. There's this scene. I've, 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 I've seen call. two smiles no, in this no, minute. That's in this minute. Look, we're going to have to agree to disagree. But... So what what's great here is you've seen Tom Sizemore laugh, which De Niro has smiled at before he's placed his coffee cup. You've got Kilmer yeah, on the Kilmer's left. Laugh. That's he's a laughing. He's smiling. Uh, maybe. <laughs> we haven't quite got the whole view of Val Kilmer there. He looks like he might be entertained. It's like the Zapruder film. <laughs> Back to the left. Back into cup, the cup up and to the left. <laughs> I'll have to be wary of We need another angle. We need another angle from the grassy knoll. If you think it's a De Niro smile, which I, I actually do not agree with. Do you think we're getting a bit of confirmation bias? bias? Is that what you think uh, we're getting every time we look at it? We're, no, I was about to say if you think it's a De Niro, De Niro smile, you have to be quite cautious about what you're saying. In the words of Lawrence the, Fishburne the, from The, the Matrix, smile, no one can be told be what a De Niro smile is. More a grimace and more you just a sure, see it sure, for yourself. excited uh, acceptance that the world is horrible, evil, depraved, and will ultimately end very quickly. Sure. Mm. So I'm just saying all this stuff is loaded within the De Niro expression. Sure, sure, sure. It's a, it's a complicated matter. <laughs> <laughs> One that we may not resolve today. <laughs> no. But I am. We haven't got enough minutes. In this minute. No. No. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm always thrilled to be joined by Miss Luke Buckmaster and Mrs. Stu Cute. You can find Luke Buckmaster at Luke Buckmaster on Twitter and follow him on The Guardian. You can sign up to his articles and get notifications if you join The Guardian website, if you go and follow Stu at, at Stu underscore watches, or his podcast, which is excellent, a brand new podcast called The Cinephiles, which is at Cinephiles almost everywhere and their website, Cinephiles, you can listen to that. And most recently, I can highly recommend Stu's wrath-filled uh, takedown of the garbage fire that is Attack of the Clones. And if no you smiling there. If you love a book, <laughs> if you love a great movie book, you must own. If you're an Australian movie fan, you must own Miller and Max Luke Buckmaster's great book. So go and get that now, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Pleasure. Thank you to Garth Franklin who's done our website design, Paul Davies who does our music, and thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review One Heat Minute. The best place to find us: oneheatminute.com. You can subscribe on Android or iPhone or wherever you like um, and if you want to contact us mail at oneheatminute.com and flick us any articles or cool stuff that you know about heat or if you want to get in touch do that that would be great but I am Blake Howard you can find me at Blake is Batman on Twitter and you can find us on Tuesdays and Fridays for new episodes of One Heat Minute